I've defined my big rocks. You've probably heard the story about the professor. He showed his class that you've got to put the big rocks in first and then the smaller stuff can fit around it. And so it's all about priorities. And so priorities and balance are two things that go hand in hand here. And I've been one of those guys that thankfully through my life, priorities were very clear to me. They made sense. One of the books that I read early on and I still recommend it is Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That book is powerful. It's ancient wisdom. And he just kind of goes through. And one of the threads through that book is priorities. Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, or TPOW as we call it. I am your host, Dustin Service. I'm excited to have Lucas Griffin on the show today. This is a, a throwback for me because when Lucas got into the business, I was actually just getting into the business as well. And for any of you people who were OG uh, coffee shop goers, we met at the old bike cafe, the old location. For any of you laughing and remembering, it was a pretty kind of uh, retro, we'll call it, or dingy place, which it's now not. But Lucas, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Oh, Dustin, thanks for having me. I had forgotten about that meeting until just now. So thanks for bringing it up. And yeah, the good old bike shop, it is still popular and moved, of course. That feels like a long time ago that you and I chatted there. I think it's 18 or 19 years. So listener, Lucas is the leader of a company called Secure Right, which is a mobile, I won't even say a mobile storage business because it's so much more. And I hope we can get a little glimpse under the hood of all the different applications that you're using mobile bins or storage containers, C-cans, however you want to call it. So Lucas, people can look you up online and see all the accolades and all the successful awards you've won about the business. But I think it's important that we do spend a couple minutes on what is the business? Where did it come from? You know, from the one deck truck and your wife standing on the side of the road, waving on enterprise. Give us a, a Coles notes of how you got to here today and what the business looks like. Amazing. Yeah. You know me well enough to know that if I go in storytelling mode, we'd be here a while. So oh, really, <laughs> yeah, whoa, 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 Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> so in really short and quick, so we started launched in 2005, March of 2005, which in hindsight, spring is a busy time for our industry. So it was a really good time to launch and started on a little lot in enterprise. And we were able to secure property for a really good price and work out some really neat stuff with the delivery company, forklift operations, et cetera. And so kept overhead low. And that's a message that I give to entrepreneurs all the time, you know, keep your startup costs as low as possible so that you can be profitable as soon as possible. And so we were able to enjoy profitability in our first year, which is unheard of. From there, just started to surround myself with really good people, hired some good staff just a year and a half in. It was fun in those first days doing everything, pressure washing a container or the phone rings, kind of quickly turn it off, dripping sweat and water. Good morning, secure, right? Lucas speaking and trying to sound all pro and wearing all hats as entrepreneurs need to do. And then as we grew, I was able to get really good people in the right place. And I think that's been key to our success is we have really good people who have stayed with us for a really long time. So I have a couple of 16 year old, like 16 year veterans working with me now, just an amazing team that helps us do great things. So we 
started doing really well in, in Kelowna and then a few years later started satellite locations in Vernon and Penticton and then in about 2009 launched our Calgary location and then just really tried to grow the areas that we had really well and then COVID hit and I know I'm fast forwarding but it was one of those will we have a business when this is all over in those early days we just didn't know and so we kind of put our growth plans on hold, but only for two months. And we saw that, hey, we're not falling apart here. And so after two months, we decided, let's go hard. And so I hired a general manager in August of 2020. We launched our Vancouver location in October 2020, bought a 40-year-old competitor June 2021, bought our property in Kelowna in February of the same year, and doubled our company through the last two years. So it just goes to show that if you build a really good foundation, like we always tried to do things well, we wanted to do the right things right. And so it took about 15 years to lay a really, really solid foundation growing the whole time. But then we were able to just hit it over the last couple of years and really thankful for the way things have gone and kind of looking towards the future with the same outlook. You know, what are some other established companies we can acquire? And what are some greenfield locations that we can start as we move across the country? Well, man, that was very concise. Definitely uh, no timeouts needed. And I think that, you know, the funny thing about the storage business and mobile storage and container business, how many people have ever said to you, man, I wish I started that business. So I'll do a two-part question. How many people have ever said that to you? Anybody? Lots. Like, <laughs> man, this is such a good concept. Who knew? You know, I get the who knew? <laughs> <laughs> so then the next flash thought, it's like, some of those stressful days when you're like, you have no freaking clue about what it's like to own this. Is that happened or is it just that good of a business? Do you mean like yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like there is always moments of, oh crap. And the storage industry can be a little bit fickle in that you're flying high one year and then the next year the economy totally changes so we're very linked to construction very linked to residential home sales just with the different divisions that we serve and so we can feel like champions one year and then for the next two years take a beating like calgary is a great example we were flying so high in calgary for our first five years we just couldn't get enough units there we were doing so well and then June 2014, it's like forever etched in my mind. The bottom fell out of oil. And in Alberta, everything is linked to it, whether or not you want it to be. And so since 2014, we've just kind of been hanging on in yeah. Calgary. And other locations have been doing better. But then Calgary's had a turnaround over the last year. We've just seen steady growth and really good things happening in Calgary again. So yeah, there are days where you're like, this is awesome. And then mobile storage has a lot of moving parts, right? We have forklifts, we have trucks, we have people. And, and so it's, it's an amazing business, but not as simple as you would think. Um, a lot of operational stuff, a lot of logistics. So today it's funny, or sorry, yesterday, I wasn't joking when I said, you mean like yesterday, we had one of our key pieces of equipment go down and it was on one of those days in one of those weeks where I literally woke up thinking that truck better not go down. It was our 40 foot delivery truck. And I woke up thinking like, I hope that truck holds in there this week. We have so many 40 foot deliveries. Nope. First job of the day, we blew a turbo up by big white. Then it's like, okay, 
now what? And so you get creative. And that's one of the things I love about business is creative problem solving. Uh, really unique tractor. It has a wet kit on board, which is a hydraulic set that runs our trailer. And there are very few trucks like that in town, but just started calling and I wasn't going to give up, wasn't going to back down because grit is one of our core values. And uh, we found a company that actually needed work. The lady said to me, you and I should go buy lottery tickets right now because I need work and you need me. So we have a third party truck delivering our containers with our trailer this week. So yeah, there's always challenges and always moments of, oh shoot, what are we going to do? So just to help listener understand the business more, you're like, when you think of mobile storage, you think of recurring revenue business model. It's like, okay, pretty simple. We rent this out for this much. It costs us this much. We make a bit of money. And just from what I've known of you, there's way more business models that you've got or business thing. Is the recurring one nice to have, or is it, you know, is it nice to have a big sale of something and then you're like, okay, let's expand. But where I, I can see the problem being is if your new watermark construction's going, going up, you're like recurring revenue. It's like, oh, it's, it's obviously coming in. It's going to keep coming in for the future. Let's expand. Let's take on debt. Let's do whatever. How does your head sort of digest balancing big sales versus like the recurring revenue for business expansion if you're in growth mode? That's a good question. And I feel like there's so many different directions I could go with it. In business, I'm a big believer that if you can be diversified product-wise, market segment-wise, and geographic, I am a huge believer in diversification. Like Alberta taught us, and I already knew it. It just reminded us, don't have all your eggs in one basket. When it comes to our product line, we have a lot of different types of containers that we rent, sell, and modify. But as you've alluded to, we have a rental fleet, a fairly significant rental fleet now. And then we sell boxes and we modify containers as well. So what this does, when a customer comes to us, customer is our top priority. And so we love any revenue stream. Sales are that nice cash infusion. And we have built this business being cash flow experts, right? We have bootstrapped our way to success. So sales, big cash infusion, as you've alluded to, the rentals are great residual income. And so in our business, the gold standard is a large rental fleet. So when businesses like ours sell or are looking to acquire one of our competitors, we actually don't even care about sales. We look at the size of your rental fleet and that's what we're buying. Right. And so yes, there is huge power and attraction in the rental side. But what's really cool about the modification side is number one, it's a way to sell more containers because now it's not just a container, it's an office or it's a kiosk, it's a lunchroom, it's a first aid room, whatever. Um, but it opens up new markets. Like we're a CSA certified, well, we're certified to CSA standards by a third party. And so we are building, factory built buildings. Basically, we fall under the modular building, factory built building code. And so that opens up a huge industry for us as well. So I love all three segments, whether a customer wants to buy rent or lease in any of these areas, we're there. We don't try to talk them in any specific direction because they're the customer. We want to do what makes the most sense for them. What's the most unique container that you've modified? If you're allowed to talk about it. Yeah, no, no problem. I would say it's an escape route. So we built a 40 foot container that was used by Bayer Medical. 
this thing has traveled the world. It has self-loading legs on it. So when a truck comes, these legs swing out, it lifts up, the truck backs underneath, and then the legs collapse and fold in and they head down the road. So that's pretty cool. But inside there's three chambers and you have to solve puzzles to move through these chambers. It is so intricate. It looks like a submarine inside. They kind of made it as an underwater laboratory. Uh -huh. So this thing is incredible. And yeah, it's been to Harvard. It's been to Wheaton. It's been to Berkeley. It's been to all the top institutions in, in the States, just trying to attract medical students into Bayer Medical. So how do you, cool. uh, for listener who's an entrepreneur, how do you motivate your staff to do something that's not in their normal job description? Like that comes in and you're like, this is what we're building. Maybe the, the culture isn't groans or whatever, but it's like, oh man, we've never done this. It's a two-part question because I, I see that as an issue. And then how do you quote it? Okay. How do you quote it? That is always challenging. And a guy who used to work for me says with projects like this, make your estimate and then double it and add 30% and you'll probably be close. Like that's how hard it is to quote Customs. jobs like that. Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're getting better and better at it. The more projects that you do, the more you understand, but yeah, our most exciting projects in the past were the ones that we made the least amount of money on. And uh, I could name a few, but I won't where <laughs> I literally have nightmares thinking about them. The more experienced you are, the more you track. So if you want to be accurate with pricing, you have to track data on past projects. We do a post-mortem. So it's just a post-project financial outlook. How was our estimate? How was reality? Okay, what do we need to adjust in the future? So that's really important. In terms of motivating staff, I think this is huge. And this is where I'm really, really passionate. At SecureRight, we have clearly, we spent two days with a consultant defining our values. So not who we want to be, but rather who are we? What does a good secure writer look like? And so we just drilled deep. We went down every kind of rabbit hole you could think of and really drilled down. And so now we have a tribal narrative, which is life fits here. And that applies to our staff, that applies to our customers, that applies to our community at large. But our four values, and we hire and fire based on these values, community, excellence, agility, and cowboy grit. And so everyone at Secure Right that works here has those four values. And not just a little bit of them, they're dripping with these four values. And if they don't have them, they don't work here. That is how committed we are to these values. And so when you have values like excellence and agility, when a project like this escape room comes in, we already have a team that is like, wow, that's different. But because we're agile, because we believe in excellence, and because we're just a gritty group of people who are going to work together and display our value of community, we're going to make this happen. There's not a lot of groaning around here. There's not a lot of, we can't do that. It's like, we know who we are. We know the team that we have, let's just make this happen. But that took time and energy to develop these core values and define them and live by them. But because we live by them, everything else is easier. I love it. Lucas Griffin, Secure Right is who you're listening to, listener. And if you've just sort of picked up the pod, this is a topic that I think is important for listener. If you are successful in all the metrics of, you know, observing sort of 
success and wealth and money and all that stuff, but yet you're missing something or feeling burnt out. Why is this so seems so hard? Or why does it feel like I'm not supposed to be here? Even though you've got the money in the bank account, your whole is full, you bought real estate. Lucas, on this topic, you have five children. You run a, from what I see and in, in front of known you for the years, it's been consistent, uh, a balanced, you know, and that's an overused word, but you know, give us the example of, you know, you're doing a family vacation. It's an annual thing. You make time. How with five children, do you find time to grow a business? Because in my head, I think it's either, or it's either you could be the successful business tycoon, or you could be really good with your family. And I know you're great with your family because I know you, but help us understand, is that intentional? Is that something that started with you and your wife waving at cars in the parking lot? Or is it something that you've picked up in courses? If so, what courses were they? Yeah, like you said, balance is an overused word. And yet at the same point in time, I think it's helpful. So for me, I've defined my big rocks. You've probably heard the story about the professor. He showed his class that you've got to put the big rocks in first and then the smaller stuff can fit around it. And so it's all about priorities. And so priorities and balance are two things that go hand in hand here. And I've been one of those guys that thankfully through my life, priorities were very clear to me. They made sense. One of the books that I read early on, and I still recommend it, is Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That book is powerful. It's ancient wisdom. And he just kind of goes through. And one of the threads through that book is priorities. So for me, setting my priorities was a big help. Another thing that I do is I come up with phrases or keywords that are catchy that help me remember. And so for me, my three F's, are faith, family, and finances. And so I'm always trying to keep a balance and equilibrium between those three things. I often refer to my company as a beast. It is a beast that will eat anything you can throw at it. Like I can throw a hundred containers at it. It just eats them up, spits them out. I can throw time at it. It eats it up, spits it out. I can throw cash at it, eats it up, spits it out. And so when you understand that this thing almost has a life of its own and you need to tame it and train it. And part of that is building systems and teams that can keep everything in check. So I have a really, really good management team. As I've already told you, we hire very, very carefully and we fire based on those values as well. If, if we don't see those values in somebody repeatedly, they're no longer with the company. So when you build good systems, when you build a good team, when you have job descriptions for every team member on that team, so it's very clear who's doing what. So you have the right people on the bus, you have the right people in the right seats on the bus. We've heard that before. All of a sudden you have systems and people that can tame the dragon, that can tame the beast, that can keep it going in the right direction. And so because of that, I'm able to keep things in a good balance. I just know I will be in my truck driving my kids to school at 8.15 every day. I make a lot of my calls. People laugh. They're like, you know that you'll be in your truck at 8.35 on Tuesday. I'm like, yeah, call me then. I'll be in my truck. Or if that doesn't work, you can call me at 5.35 because I will be in my truck again on my way home. And that's just how I've structured my life. There is no choice. Everything I need to get done is going to be done within this time period because I need to go home to be with my family. We're going to sit down for dinner together. And then I've probably got some 
other event, whether it's a sporting event or a church event planned. And so I just need to be there and be present. And so pretty disciplined that way. Those are a few of my keys. Priorities, balance, know what your priorities are, be able to put words around them, faith, family, finance, and then live it and be dedicated to it. And it's amazing. All of us can accomplish far more than we realize if we are driven and pushing and we give ourselves finite amounts of time to do stuff. So I know in a work day, everything I need to get done has to be done before 5.30 because I'm shutting her down and I'm out of there. Um, very rare that I, I maybe work one evening every quarter, if that. And the only time I'll be working a Saturday or a Sunday is if it's a trade show and I'll be taking some days off in lieu because I have other priorities. So hopefully that wasn't too verbose, but that made not at all just an idea. I think it's important. And is, is there, my brain wanders to like, you know, a person can look up your company and do rough math. You're in great shape financially. Now you don't have to work, you know, yeah, you want to, but at the same time, was there a moment where you had to recharge yourself? Was there a moment where, you know, you were going along and you'd mentioned you kind of did some acquisitions in 2021 or was there like a moment where you had an aha or was there something that kind of nudged you that said, no, I'm not going to look at this like, oh, 20 more years of this. I'm going to like go growth mode. And it's a, a common entrepreneur go up, plateau, move to the next level. And sometimes listener, if you're caught in the plateau, it doesn't even mean that growth is plateauing. It could mean that your mindset is plateauing of is this it? It could be external from other things happening in your life. But Lucas, was there any sort of moment where you, you needed to boost, recircled it, took a course, you mentioned EOS and like getting new system for the office. What was it or was there ever one? I think it's important that everybody gives themselves a break. Like none of us are superhuman is what I mean. And I've reached near burnout several times. Like when I go, I go hard. So I make sure that my family and I do a really good vacation every year. I make sure that I take a few weeks off with my family throughout the year. I, I go so hard that I know that if I don't have these moments of rest, I will burn out. And so I think it's important. Some people think I just got to keep working, just got to keep working. But there actually reaches a point where you're getting less done. Like if you're working under burnout, you're actually not producing that well. And so, yeah, there's been times and I've learned the signs where I just had to tap out even for like an unplugged weekend away with my wife locally at Sparkling Hill Resort or something like that, where I was like, honey, we need to get out of here. I'm going to go crazy. And so when your body, when your mind is telling you that, listen to it. And hopefully you've structured your business in such a way. And this would be my biggest encouragement to anyone listening is structure your business so that when you need to be away, you can be away. Who is that key person that's going to cover? Who is that team that you know you can just count on? And so when you need a break, take a break. Because when you come back, you're going to produce way better. You're going to feel way better. You're going to have fun again. And I think that's pretty huge. The other thing that I think is important and another place where our paths crossed, Dustin, was with Tech Canada. So join some sort of group, some sort of mentorship group or mastermind group where you can learn with other people. I'm an, I am a huge advocate of continual learning. So I, I have my business degree. 
I'm now 45 years old, but I'm always reading, always learning, just soaking in whatever I can. And I think that's important that you surround yourself with good people that you can share ideas with, solve problems together, but also learn together and grow. And so I never want to stop learning. I have a pile of books at home that I'm literally working my way through, you know, and most of them are educational books, even though I love a good Western novel every now and again, most of them are, you know, either business books or church building books or anything that I'm passionate about. They're there for the read and I'm working my way through. Lucas. Yeah. So you mentioned tech, which is, uh, is the entrepreneurs council or committee is that uh, the executive committee, but it's mostly entrepreneurs that are part of it. And we were a part of it pre COVID. You're still part of it. Are you not? Yeah. yeah so I see your stuff online. But one of the things that, that we did, did you hire a consultant from EOS? We self-implemented. Yeah. And Traction is another book that I'm super passionate about. The author goes through EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. And when I hired my GM, this was her number one big project is let's implement EOS. So we self-implemented. We had a really good team. And just because of who I am and who my GM is, it worked. For most people, I think having a consultant to lead them and guide them through the process would be worth the money spent. Yeah. And we are self-implementing after hiring a consultant and going through it uh, in 2020. And then COVID happened. And then my team went way down. For anyone who doesn't know, maybe Lucas, help just the wave tops of like, what is it or helping an entrepreneur orientate towards? So the way I describe this entrepreneurial operating system is it's the best of business practices brought together in one system. And so he talks about starting with your values and vision, and then you move to people, and then you look at your product, and then you look at your processes, and then you look at your data. So your KPIs and what you're tracking. And so there's these six components that when they all come together, you really start to gain traction. And it is so powerful. Again, setting 10-year goals, three-year goals, one-year goals, but within those one-year goals, 90-day plans. And he talks about rocks. And these are the big priorities for that quarter that you're going to push your goals, your overarching goals for the year ahead. So I've created a strategic planning team. We meet once a week and we have a 90 minute meeting. The meeting is predictable. We know exactly what we're going to go through. We start with good news updates and then we move to the KPI review and then we move into issue resolution. But we also every week look at these 90 day rocks. And if you have to be accountable to a group of peers every week, you definitely have motivation to move those ahead. And so just this routine and regime of hard hitting meetings, not just meetings for the sake of meetings, but like meetings that you're going to talk about meaningful stuff and pushing goals together. It is so powerful. And I give this model, this EOS model, a lot of the credit for our growth over the past two years since we've implemented it. We've doubled our company since implementing it. I don't think that's just because of the system but has played a part in it for sure. Listener, you're going to hear two entrepreneurs just sort of riff here for a second. I think it'll be good. I appreciate your patience. So this is a selfish question. We have not been very good at implementing EOS. So your weekly meeting is what's called a level 10 meeting. 
And each member of the team has these certain KPIs or meet five clients a week, or, you know, every business might have sell 10 ladders, or you're trying to get goals down that are not like, did we increase revenue at the end of the quarter? Because really, whether that happens or not, you get there and it's like, well, we didn't, or we did, we don't really know why. And so you're trying to get a little bit more ahead of the curve with real-time data. That's my encapsulation of the weekly goal. So you've had trouble with not labeling well enough the things to track in your business. Are you open to share maybe one of your level 10 scorecard things? Yeah. Can you find one? What are we tracking and why is that? Well, just, just one example. So like every week, Lucas meets his team. It's like, Lucas, did you, and then you report. And then this scorecard is quite cool. If you design them, there's all different ways you can design it, but it could have a star if you overachieve it or a green light, yellow light, red light. But I'm just trying to get an idea or an example of like what you at the top level, you're not on the phone making cold calls in the call center. You're not driving the trucks or trying to log kilometers or do the best drop-offs. You know? So can you give us a gist of one of yours? Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. I've structured my company so that I am still doing sales and growth. And that's where I'm trying to focus my time. So one of the areas this quarter that I'm working on is I've, I've also just read another book called The Perfect Plan. And he highlights the need for gratitude and not taking current clients for granted. So for this quarter, I said, I'm going to take 10 long-term clients out for lunch. And I just want to do this as an opportunity to say thank you to them and like look them in the eye and say, we value you. We value your business. You are important to us. And to touch base, how's it going? Are we meeting your needs? Are we responding fast enough, et cetera? So for this quarter, one of my rocks was take 10 long-term clients out for lunch because I'm a pretty hardcore guy. I like to be at my desk on the phone, churn and working. I love people, but I struggle to like go golfing and go out for lunch and that sort of thing. So that was one of my goals and I'm on track for Q2. I think I've taken seven clients out for lunch and said, thank you. And they've gone super well. I've just been so thankful that I was able to achieve this. So that's what one of my rocks looked like for Q2 of 2023. I love it. Thank you for that context. Lucas, where can people find you? I know that you're super sharing with your information on social media and about the company. Where can people find you? Yeah, so our website is www.secure-right.com. My email is lucas at securewright.com. And any other information from there, if you email me or reach out via the website or phone, I'm happy to chat more. I love sharing knowledge that I've gained because I feel like it's so powerful. And because I'm always learning, I'm always excited about something. So yeah, look forward to chatting with anyone that has any specific questions. Well, thanks, Lucas. You've definitely stayed humble in your response because you could sell energy water. So thanks a lot for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please like and rate the show, share with a friend, or use your new knowledge in your next conversation. If during the show something gave you a pang of inspiration, motivation, or sense of uncertainty, act on it now. Get the clarity you're looking for. Find the permission you seek. Go to servicewealth.com to discover how others are learning how to take Fridays off, or buying a recreation property, or spending more money. If you're an organizer of an event, 
where you believe my philosophy on finance and lifestyle design would be applicable. Go to servicewealth.com and book me as a speaker at your next event. If you want a copy of our new book coming out soon, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and we will be sure to get you a first copy.